God is good. Amen. Amen. You know, I tell pe- always tell people I've been preaching even before I was Christian. You know, even before I came to know Christ, I began to preach. It's been, since 1979, I've been preaching. Oh, my goodness. I feel old. But even after so many years, every night, Saturday night before preparing message, always wrestle. Is this what God wants me to share this Sunday? God really bless it. And time after time, God reminds me when, when all the struggle and wrestling is done, you know, and, and God reminds me it is the right message. I wish he can tell me that early in the early earn when I was, I'm struggling, right? So much easier, but he doesn't do that. God is good. Amen? Now, I have a tall order today. I'm hoping to cover 80 verses. In 10 minutes. <laughs> you guys say, yeah, right, crazy. That's true. I don't think I can make it anyway. Today's title is Following Hard After God. We, are, we, we have restarted the series of messages on life in the spirit. We ended last December with uh, 13 chapters of the book of Acts. We have begun two Sundays ago to really go back and look at the rest of the book of Acts. And, you know, and the series is called Life in the Spirit. And more than anything else, we as Hope Church, we want, we want to be following hard after God based upon the unchangeable and inspired and, and, and God's word, the word of God. But we want the word of God to be lived out in us as God has promised through the spirit of God. Life as a Christian is a life in the spirit. In this sense, every message, every preaching is about how do we live in the spirit of God. It is. And we are, we are, we are going to do that through the book of Acts. Uh, today, we will be looking at chapter uh, 13 and 14 book of Acts. Before we do that, let me remind us how the book of Acts that, 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 that record of the how early church moved in the spirit. Let me give you the outline of the whole book of Acts, in which is summarized in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but Jesus promises the disciples, you wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So this is really how the whole book of Acts is really organized. And, and chapter, chapter until chapter 12 was really about in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. Chapter 13 and on really goes on the last uh, third section of the whole book of Acts. Third, third section of the book of Acts. Before I go on, let me highlight something. I know we've seen this verse many, many times. I know you memorized it already. And I know, let me say this again. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you will be what? Not you'll, not you'll be rich or happy. Not you'll be successful. Not you'll be satisfied. Not even that you'll have a very happy life. 
more than anything, he says, you will be somebody. Not more than the things you do, you will be somebody. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you in power. What are we becoming? Witnesses. Not a debaters. Witnesses, somebody who saw something, experienced something, and telling people what they saw and experienced. That's a witness. Not making up things, but you witness to somebody who has seen and tasted the goodness of God, who is explaining to people about what God has done. That's what when Holy Spirit coming upon us do in our life. And I, I want to I'm, I'm, I want to remind this because this is I mean, and I think many I think end of the day, I, many of us as Christians, you know, somehow what does it mean the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us? has been explained many different ways in different churches. Often we feel like when Holy Spirit comes upon me, and they may not say it, but they will. What the bottom line they are saying is, you'll be happy in this life. You'll be successful in this life. If you go too far, they become prosperity gospel. Sometimes sometime when you say, when Holy Spirit comes upon you, means you experience something. Experience something, encounter, experience something. And end up, if you go too far, it's all about me experiencing something, maybe shaking and moving. That's all great. But the whole point of all this, God says, when the Spirit comes upon you, you are becoming somebody. One who has seen the Lord and tasted the goodness of God. Who's living that out and people can see. That's what church is supposed to be. That's who you're supposed to be. Just a reminder for me. And, you know, and Adalam prayed, and I love the prayer in the prayer. In prayer. Revival is really that. We are becoming fully what God called us to be and, and by the power of the Spirit of God. Amen? And really, how do I know revival came? Because my friends come to know God. My family's lives are changed. My friends who are in having issues and, and, and addictions are set free. That's, the, that's when I know revival happens. It may not, not really by how many people are, uh, are in the church, how big church becomes. That's not as, as important as about people's lives being changed. As it happens, where cities will change, our communities will change. Transformation comes. Okay. okay. Let me show you a map. This is a map of, really, I hope you can see a map. Okay, let me see if I can find the... Can you see it? Right there is Antioch. This is where the, my favorite church in the early, uh, in, in, in early church is based out of Antioch. Later became one of the major centers of Christianity in the early, early church in the first century. Now let me just take 30 seconds to say something that you have probably not heard. In early church time of, uh, in uh, the book of Acts, there, uh, and after that there are four major Christian centers in the world. In Jerusalem, became a Syriac church down the line, and there is Antioch church, which became more like an Orthodox church. Later on, became Orthodox church and just comes out. And Rome, which was uh, became the Roman Catholic church, came out of. Really, were, and then Africa, there was Alexandria, where Coptic church came out of. I bet you have never heard of this. The, the Christian church was all around the Europe and in the Middle East, in that region. And four major centers, there are four major different 
church traditions came out. Most of us only know about Roman Catholic tradition, which broke up into Protestant Reformation and whatnot, but still Western. We do not know about Syriac traditions. We do not know about African church, you know, the uh, uh, Coptic church, where at least 15% of Egyptians are Christians. They are Coptic Christians. The reason I mention it because often when we read the Bible, we see things, we do not understand a lot of things because we didn't get to teach you enough and you didn't get to really look into it and the church and history and how things are happening in the Word of God. I wish I had time to do a Bible study. Four hour about long Bible study. We can talk about things. Anyway, I cannot do that anyway. I need to go 80 verses today. Let me move on. Okay, let me start with verse 4. Chapter 13 of the book of Acts. If you have a Bible, you can open up your Bible, but otherwise I have an ESP version up there. You know, we'll look at it a little bit. And this is how I do Bible study. When I read it, this is how my mind works. When I read the scripture, certain things are highlighted to me. Certain things I, I underline, emphasize, but that helps me to look at things. Let me read it a little bit. So, so, being sent by the Holy Spirit. Remember in chapter 13, verse 1 and 3, God, Spirit of God, told the leadership of the Antioch church, Take, I want you to set apart two of your leaders, Barnabas and Saul. I want you to send them out for the calling I've given. And so they anointed them and sent them forth. And who sent them out? They are sent out by the Holy Spirit. And they went out down to Seleucia. Remember Seleucia right here? From Antioch, they went to Seleucia, the seaport. From there, they sailed to Cyprus, Cyprus, this, this city, this, this island, okay? In the time of Jesus, in the time of early church, they're sort of considered like Hawaii of those days. Very warm, nice, nice climate, very nice place to go. And, and this is where people love to go. But not only that, Cyprus was where Barnabas was born. So no wonder they started the missionary journey to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salami, not uh, salami, but salamis, okay? I love salami. Okay, but the salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had John called Mark to assist them. Okay, let me go on. When they had gone through the whole island as by Paphos, they came upon a certain magician a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was, he was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence, who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. So the, 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 let me just stop and explain a little bit. As a, a Barnabas and Saul left Antioch, goes to seaport Seleucia, and they go down to uh, Cyprus, as you looked at the map, as Cyprus. And now they start from Salamis, and they go to all the roads, and they're coming with the Paphos. And there was, the way they did was they stopped by at the synagogues, and they would begin to teach and about, teach and preach, and, and, and declare about Jesus Christ. There was their, uh, there was their uh, method. They didn't just go anywhere. Today they went to the gathering of Jewish people, Jewish community, which will have, they will have 
you know, or the God-fearing people, Gentiles, in, the, in that synagogue, they'll begin to preach and teach. If you look at it, if you look at this verse, very carefully how they, you know, in this, uh, this two, uh, three, uh, four verses, you find how they start up from Salamis, all the way the prophets. There's nothing mentioned other than, other than they preached. It doesn't say anything about how anybody got saved or anything. Silent. Interesting. You see, sometimes what the Bible doesn't say, it tells you a lot of things. The day started the missionary journey because God called them to set them apart. They went out, called by God, they moved out. And they go to Cyprus, uh, the island, the island which Joseph and Barnabas knows well. But they go synagogue up to synagogue, everywhere, nothing happens. Nobody gets saved, nothing really happens. They just go through all the th- whole time, 100 mile journey, and just stopping at different cities and different places and synagogues and preaching. Nothing happens. Some, some, so often, we, we heard it so many times, but so often, so many times, but we somehow, we have this idea in the back. If, we, if I'm really following God, everything should be easy, everything should be productive, right? I'm following God. I'm doing what God wants me to do. Shouldn't things be, isn't that what God called me? If God calls two of the best leaders of the church to send out as a missionary, to, and by the way, this is the first missionary journey. Nobody ever went on a missionary journey until now. This is the first missionary journey of the, journey of the church, and two of the greatest leaders goes out to preach. Nothing happens. We don't know how long, it, how long it took, but nothing happens whole that journey in Cyprus. See, when you read, I bet you didn't notice that. Now they come to the end of Cyprus, the major city, Paphos, and they meet a, a Jewish man who should be open to the gospel. But, not he, was a, but he was a false prophet. His name was Bar-Jesus. Sounds like the name of Jesus, Jesus, right? But Bar Jesus means son of salvation. Good name. But he is a false prophet. But he is with this Roman leader, the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence. Who's, and, and, and this man, intelligent guy, wanted to hear from Barnabas and Saul. To hear the, to hear the word of God. The Jewish guy who should have wanted to, should have desired to hear, but they were not, he's not listening. But it's, it's this Gentile guy, this Gentile man, he wants to hear the word of God. Let me go on. But, I love the big fat but. Elimus, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name. The, the guy, the bar Jesus, he said, another name was Elimus, means magician. The, the, the word Elimus can mean wise man or sorcerer. Wise man like the book of Matthew chapter 2 when the wise man came looking for baby born Jesus, right? That Elimus, that is another, the meaning of that name. This Jewish false prophet is also a magician. You know, you know for, as a Jew, if you being a magician, then it is anathema. You are to be stoned. You, you are not, something is totally wrong with you. He answered, this guy, now this Gentile government official want to hear the word of God. 
but he opposes them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. What happened was this guy was the, that proconsul's advisor, wise, wise man helping this guy, counselor. But he didn't want this, the Roman, Roman leader to listen to the word of God. He began to oppose. He is a, he is a magician delving in demonic things. One of the, so what, what we see here is there is a spiritual, what they call, encounter here, power encounter. It's a demonic realm really opposing the gospel. You see, when we follow God, when you, we need go as God wants us to go, go and as you follow God, it's not always going to be easy. Sometimes we will be opposed by the demonic realm. Really, look at what happens. But Saul, who was also called Paul, she, uh, Saul was a Jew born and raised in, in, in the Gentile, Gentile regions. So he had probably had two names, Saul, which is a very Jewish name, and Paul, which is a very Roman name. So Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Spirit, looked at the guy, intently at the guy, and said, you son of the devil, how bold can you be? You devil, you, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all disease and villainy. Will you not stop making crooked the straight path of the Lord? He confronts this magician who is influenced demonic things and faces a guy. Look what he said. Now, remember this, he's filled with the spirit. He's not just saying because he wants, he wants to fight the guy. He's really led by the spirit, saying this, declaring these things. Now and, and now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Doesn't that sound like something that Paul should know? He'll be, he'll be blind, unable to see the sun for a time. Doesn't that remind you something? How Paul, before he met Christ, he was blinded. He was telling people, he was against Jesus. He was actually Destroying Christians. You know, when he met Christ, he became blinded. Remember, you know the story, you know the, you know the story, history, the accounts in the Bible, how God sends Ananias, prays for man, the scale falls off. And he begins to see, he becomes called a, a, a preacher and becomes a servant of God. And he declares this thing, something happened, immediately mist and darkness fell upon him. And he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. He became suddenly got blinded. Miracle happened. You think sometimes some of the miracles are just a good thing. Sometimes this is judgment of God. And, you know, and at least temporarily he got blinded. Miracle happens. You see, as God moves, God guides us in our lives. Things can be difficult, but God's presence is with us. And God still does mighty things in our midst. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what has occurred. Period. No, he didn't stop there, did he? He didn't say he believed because he saw something. Look at the next line. For he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. You see, more than just miracles that happened, Paul and Saul and Barnabas teaching the, uh, the proconsul about the message of the Lord Jesus. Because what they heard, the word of God, confirmed by signs and wonders, miracles, therefore he believed. 
I want you to hear this very carefully. Signs and wonders are great, amazing. I love what God does. I love it when God heals people. And I love when God delivers people. All those, I love it. But unless it is really accompanied with the word of God that explains what's going on, our faith will not be grounded upon who God is. We came, and I, and I, seen, I seen people go crazy on, on experiences and whatnot. And they are not rooted in the word of God. Therefore, because they don't get the full understanding. You see, is all word of God always seem to be word of God confirmed by the signs and wonders is the key. It's not just signs and wonders, signs and wonders com- confirming the word God is saying. Healing is po- powerful because it declares that our God is God who heals. Deliverance is powerful, important because God is saying, I set people free. Amen. I'm excited about who God is. What God is doing now. Now you're wondering how is Pastor Q going to cover next next seventy verses, right? Going through like, you know this eight verses in fifteen minutes, because I want you to look at the next thing. This is where everything really uh, hits me. Look at verse thirteen. Now at at this journey, there were some difficult moments. Nothing happened for a while, but now they meet a very significant person. A Roman leader, he gets saved. Something is happening. Look at verse 13. Now, Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga and Pamphylia. Look at the next line. That's really disturbing. And John, called Mark, left them and returned to Jerusalem. Let me, look, um, let me show you a map again. See how they came all the way here and Salamis and now uh, uh, Paphos. They uh, travel up to uh, 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 Pamphylia here, Perga Pamphylia here, and they wanted to go into, into the inland. And then they have to cover, go all this, this mountain range here, which is very difficult. Something happened here. See, as Paul and companions set sail from Paphos, came to Perga and Pamphylia, John Mark, young man, cousin of Barnabas, who was with them through the journey, finally, I don't want to do this anymore. He deserts and goes back to Jerusalem. Goes back. These are so significant. A few years down the line, when, when, when Paul and Barnabas went to mission, mission journey again, they had a big fight. Paul didn't want to take Mark. Barnabas does. Barnabas wanted to give him a second chance. Paul says, no. He deserted us a long time ago. No, no, no more. They had a big fight to the point where they get, they get separated. This was not an easy thing. When, when that, that separation happened, it was very discouraging to the point Paul had a gripe for a while. But way down the line, Mark becomes totally transformed. He becomes an amazing leader. He's the, become the writer of the gospel of Mark because Barnabas believed, believed in him and encouraged him. To the point Paul says in his prison, send Mark for me because he is helpful for me. Because he's restored way down the line. But here, this John Mark walks away. But they went on from Perga to came to Antioch in Pisidia. On the Sabbath day, they went into synagogue at Satan. I want to stop here and I want to dwell on it a little bit and look at whole next section with this in mind. When he, what I see here is a young man who, who are following these two great men of God into missionary journey. And they got, he got discouraged for whatever reason. He walked out, walked away, and then dropped out. 
And you know, there's many theories as to why this happened. There's many theories. One of the theories is here. Paul and companion, his companions. That's why I highlighted it. Because you know, I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you remember. Here, remember here? How Paul, uh, Sergio Paulus, man of intelligence, he, he summoned Barnabas and Saul. Until now, who was the leader of this mission team? Barnabas. Saul was just one, someone who was following along Barnabas because he's the main leader. Somehow here in that next section, is called Paul, not even, not even Barnabas, Paul and his companions. Something happened here. No longer Barnabas is leader. Paul is a leader. Not even that. They don't even mention Barnabas' name. He's his companion. Some, 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 some scholars think that this is why he got discouraged. He was upset. His cousin, who was a leader of this, he was a leader of the church of Antioch. He is a leader of this mission team. Somehow, Paul becomes a leader. I don't, I don't like it. Some people think he walked away because of that. Others think John was, he was son of Mary. There are many Marys in the Bible. Mary is, this Mary, his mother was the one, I think, I think Acts chapter 7 or 8, when they had a prayer meeting when Peter was in the prison, that house belonged to Mary in, in Jerusalem. This John grew up in a city, very comfortable. Many other scholars think that he was a city boy, was comfortable when he came to join the mission, mission team. Sounded fun, exciting, but he got really tired. Many months of nothing happening, Walking through the old, the cities were not, and, you know, and, and, and spiritual, the battle happening, all that, and going into uh, the Pamphylia to go to the mountain range, he doesn't want to do that anymore. He got tired. When things got tired, difficult, I don't want it, walked away. And some, some, other, some other scholars think the reason is that as Paul takes the leadership on, maybe that he, and Paul is more. Focus on going speaking to Gentiles than the Jews. Maybe he didn't like that either. We do not know exactly what it is. But he walked away from the mission trip. But here, it did discourage them. I, I, I mentioned that verse because if you look at whole next two chapters, when, they, when the, the first missionary journey unfolds, you find a lot of difficulties that comes with this mission trip where many would have, would have walked away easily. You see many of those. You have to see and you realize some people kind of handily walk away. Many, and, 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 and servants of some, some, many servants, good servants of God will plow through, walk through all these things. You need to see that. That's the title, following hard after God. Listen, I know you heard this many times. Listen, I need to do this again. I haven't done this. Okay. Important. Take, take, take heed and listen carefully, okay? I don't know how many times I've said, said this. Even though when we follow after God, even though the Spirit of God is leading us, doesn't mean things will be easy. It doesn't mean things will be smooth as I want it to be. It doesn't mean that I'll always see success I would like to see. That's not, how, how, that's not how God works. And, you know, and, and, and God allows a lot of different things in our, in, in our lives 
Even when you're led by the Spirit of God, Allah, His plans are bigger than our plans. You know, I don't know about you, when I watch my favorite team play any team, the games I like is when Steelers beat up New England Patriots from the get-go until the end by 70 points. I hate games when they have to come back and win. I hate, I cannot watch those things because I have a heart attack. <laughs> when the, my, my team is like 10 points, I quit. I don't watch anyone anymore because I don't, I don't want to see my team lose. But more exciting is when our, your team who was down 20 points and beat them in 30 points after that. You know what I mean? But I, I cannot handle that. I cannot. I'd rather my team wins all the way through just beating them, beating them all the time at the end. That's not how God works. That's not how our life works. Sometimes we think when I, God, why me? God, I've done everything you want me to do. I've been living as you want me to do. Why cancer now? Why me? We often ask dumb questions like that. It's a dumb question. You see, just because I, I do what is right as a led by God doesn't mean that God will take all my problems away. Doesn't mean I'll have success all the time. No. God's plans are bigger than mine, greater than mine. He knows what is good and what is best. He works through all things. Amen? Let, let, me, let me quickly look. We're going to have a quick survey here. Barn, see? Barnabas and Saul to Paul and companions. I'm going to move on. These are some verses that talks about. Anyway, I'm, I'm shooting, moving ahead. Now I'm moving really, really quickly. You have to open your ears, okay? Listen very carefully, all right? Next section, verse 13 through 52, one whole section is when Paul and Barnabas goes into Antioch. Now, there were more than one Antioch, by the way. Let me go back to the map. Okay? You see that? Is one Antioch right here? Of Syria, Syrian Antioch? There's another Antioch right here, Pisidian Antioch. See? They went up all the way down here, this Antioch. That, that next section, verse 13 through 52, is that. When they're there, first sermon message that Paul, uh, the record of Paul, Apostle Paul preaching is recorded in there. And Paul preached the gospel to them. After the meeting, the synagogue broke up. Many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas. You see Paul and Barnabas? Who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. As Paul went to the city, as he had done, he'll go to synagogue and to teach Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles. And many, many were stirred and moved. Many believed. Now look at what happens. And then, when, when, and when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed, the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. So what God, God grant now after many difficult times, now God opened up many doors that many are being saved, many Gentiles are coming to know God, and word of God is spreading. Now I want you to look at the next thing. But something else happened. But the Jews inside of the devout woman of the high standing and leading man of the city stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas. And throw them out of their district. There's a great revival happened. People come to know Christ. And as many are saved. It didn't stop there. In the midst of all that, persecution rose. Jews who are jealous of what Paul and Barnabas is doing. Begin to incite 
the, the leaders and non-believers out there to really go against Paul and persecute and minorly drive them out. Listen, following God, leading by the Spirit of God, if you do are led by the Spirit of God, now I want you to know you will be persecuted. You will see more trouble sometimes because you are following after God, because you are doing what is right, because you are doing right. Now, so what, what do they do? They shook up the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. They didn't give up. They went to the next city, next city to preach. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. They were persecuted, kicked out of a city where, where God is doing a lot, a lot of amazing things. They went to the next city, joyful, filled with the Spirit. They didn't get, they, I mean, probably they, could, they could have been discouraged, but they were joyful. They went on doing the Word of God. Chapter 14 continues on. They went to Iconium. What at, at, now at Iconium, they entered together into Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that great number of both Jews and Greeks believe. They go to the next city, Iconium, they preach, and many are saved. Both Jews and Gentiles are believed and they are saved. Now what happens? It doesn't stop there, does it? But they're opposed and slandered. Look at the next person. But unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles, poisoned their minds against the brothers. I don't know what that mean, it really, really means, poison their minds. They begin to slander, beginning to put wrong, evil, you know, or take motivations to Paulus, Barnabas and all that, and they begin to poison people's thoughts. They oppose. When you follow God, when we follow after God, and he even led by the, as we led by the Spirit, God, do what God wants us to do. You, you will be opposed. And there will maybe slander may come. May come. You're doing anything wrong. You're doing the good thing, but you may be slandered and opposed. What did they do? Therefore, I love that. Therefore, but they were slandered one night. Therefore, they spent a long time there. How do you like that? They are opposed and slender, but they, because of that, they stay longer, long time, speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord. They relied on God and they spoke more boldly. You oppose, you speak more boldly before God, who was testifying, to, so God was testifying to the word of his grace, granting that signs and wonders be done by their hands. I love that line. Therefore, they spend a long time there. Not because things are easy, but because things are difficult and opposed and slander came. He stayed a long time there. Amazing. Following hard after God. Not because things are easy, not because things are smooth, not because things are more successful as I'd like to be, but because God called me into that place. Verse 7 through 20 then talks about how they went to Lystra. This, this is crazy story here. Crazy story. Amazingly crazy story. You have to go read it up. Read it yourself. I cannot, I don't have time to read it, but you have to read it yourself. This, this is where they go to Lystra, Lystra. Now at Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and never walked. 
Doesn't that, doesn't that guy remind you somebody? Doesn't, doesn't that remind you somebody? Right? Book of Acts, chapter, was it three? Peter, uh, uh, Peter and John was walking up the temple. So a guy born lame, remember? And Peter looked at him and says, silver and gold I have none, but what I have, I, have, I give unto you free, and rise, get up and walk. The guys walked and leaped and praised God. Remember the song? He was walking and leaping and praising God. Remember that song you used to sing a long time ago? Same thing here. Now at least there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and never walked. He listened to Paul's preaching, speaking, and Paul looking intently at him, seeing that he had faith to be made well. This guy is sitting and listening to Paul preach, and Paul saw in his spirit this man had faith to be healed. What does Paul do? Paul declared and, and, and said in a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up, began walking. I can spend just two hours there, just, just that's one, one verse. This guy, you know, see, he never walked. Paul declares, stand up and walk, right? Literally, that, that, you know, that guy actually, the fact he tried to get up, is amazing. If you've never walked in your life, because let's say Brock never walked in his life. Okay, let's say, of course, you know. Okay, anyway. And he said, now stand up and walk. The fact that he would try to walk says something about him. You see? You see I never walked. Why would I even try? Why would I even try? Here, Paul saw in the spirit this man had faith to be healed. Even that's an amazing. What does it look like? You see, Paul and Barnabas are led by the spirit. Of, they're moving in the gifts God has given. This gift, 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 spiritual gift God has given us for the proclamation of the God's word of God, God's word and declaring God's goodness. He saw in his spirit, in his heart, this man had faith to be believed. Rather than he says it, declared, stand up and walk. He didn't pray, God make you heal. Not that. It's interesting, you know, we do this often. We forget that we have authority in God. Authority in God. Because when you look at the gospel, when Jesus called his disciples and sent them, he gave them authority to heal. You have authority to heal. I mean, you don't have to even pray. God has given you authority. Why are you begging when you're already given you authority? Do it. Remember the message Pastor Shin gave about a month ago? What was it? Ridiculous command. Remember that message? What was ridiculous command? You go and heal the sick, raise the dead. Yes, you raise the dead. Yes, you. I'm serious. That's what God is saying. Not just some special people, but you. That's the authority God has given. And the thing is that most of us do not know who we are, what God has given us, what kind of person God is making us to be. We, do, we forget, we do not know who we are. I think most of our Christian life, we are struggling to see, believe what God say that I am. Because so we have difficulty believing who God said I am. You know, one of those songs that people sing now, the, you know, who you say that I am, that song? You know the, you know the song, right? Yeah, probably you know the song. Who is it? Is it 
Here's some, remember? Yeah. We, do, we have difficult believing who we are. God said, you are a new creation. You are a child of God. If you're a child, you're heir with Christ. We don't believe it. We, still, we don't believe it. And here, Apostle Paul, not Apostle Paul, looks at him. He has a faith to be healed and declares, stand up and on your feet. Declares it and commands him. Of course, because God, because of who God is, not because of who he is, because of who God is. And he sprang up and began walking. Miracle happened. Everybody know about this guy. So what do, what do you think would happen? This Gentile city, they see this man raising a guy who was born lame, who could not walk, and miracle happened. Whole town go crazy, and they say, gods have come down to earth, two gods. You know, Zeus and, and uh, Hermes came, and he's in our midst. They're trying to sacrifice before Barnabas and Paul, thinking they are gods. And Paul and said, Paul and Barnabas, yes, this is crazy. They, they stopped. What are you guys doing? We are just like you, just like human beings, just like you guys. What are you doing? And one moment, because one miracle, they, these people, because they do not have the word of God, they are confused. They think they are gods or something. When they say we are not gods, he said, you know what happens? Stoned to death. And Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. One moment they are saying, God, you are God. And now they are stoning him. And they, and they think that he died. They threw his body outside the city. You, you follow God. You even do miracles. What happened here? It's, you know, not what you think happened. Did I the people believe? doesn't say that, does it? People got confused. The word of God has to accompany what God has done. So they understand. Now I want you to look at the craziest thing ever. Look at the next thing. Look at the next thing. What do they do? But as the believers gathered around him, he got up. He didn't know he got up. And you know what? He went back into the city. Who does that? They stoned him to death. And he, they think he's dead and threw his body out. He get up. He go back into the city again. Doesn't even walk away. He goes back into the city. Next day he left. And then after, after that, next day they left with Barnabas under the city. But he goes back into the city. The people who stoned him to death. Following hard after God. Not because things are easy. Not because things are simple. Not because things are successful. I don't know if everyone's laughing. Why are you guys laughing? Are you, when, you, when you laugh, I had to end up doing this. <laughs> you, you know my, you know, you know my, I told you the story. It's already almost 29 years ago. I preached the message Sunday, went back, and I found that my flight was open the whole time. <laughs> when you laugh, it's like, why are they laughing? I didn't tell a joke. <laughs> but not, not, here's the thing. In early part of the mission journey, John Mark walked away because it's too difficult. Went back because it's too difficult. But look at this man. They go and when they are stoned to death, left, dead, left for dead outside, he get up, go back in. 
When he's opposed and he was slandered, he stays longer. This is God's people. You know what bowing hard after God is? I know things can be difficult. You stay on course. You do the thing what God called you to do. That's what it is. That's Christian walk. That's how God works in our lives. God doesn't always do things, spectacular things. No. Often it is us walking daily, faithfully in our difficult places, doing what God called us to do, where things change. God transforms cities and nations from few people being faithful before God. This is when our team goes out. I saw you looked at our team. You know, sometimes when I look at our mission teams, right? They're all beautiful, but, you know, sometimes you think the best kind of, you imagine the best mission teams, young, healthy, handsome, highly educated, with a lot of abilities, we sent 20-some people out to uh, Thailand with little kids. Half of them like uh, 10 years and older. God, God still uses them. God doesn't always use smart, handsome, healthy people. God uses older and young, big and small, every kind. Whoever said, God, you can use me whatever if you want. Doesn't matter what I have. A little boy's lunch, five loaves and two fish. Little boy's lunch in God's hand. God does miracles. Following hard after God. I'm praying for revival. I'm not looking, I'm, revival not in the sense of revival meeting. Those are helpful. In the sense that my family members coming to know Christ. My friends coming to see God. And that's miracle. And the thing is that the reason, we, I, the reason I'm talking about this first missionary journey is, the reason we are looking at this missionary journey is not that we should all be a missionary. No. This, the reason we said missionaries are to remind us we are called, wherever we are, we are called to be missionary. As missionaries go to different places to share the gospel, we are to be doing that wherever we are. As we send, them, and we send people out, we are reminded I'm a missionary in, in my work, I'm supposed to witness here. I'm sharing God's work, uh, uh, love here. Even though I may be opposed, I may be slandered, I love God, I share God's word here. That's being a witness of Christ. The reason we believe in sending missionaries out, we, everybody, every whole world needs to hear the gospel. Yes, that's true. We'll invest all that we have for God's work. The gospel will go to the ends of the earth. But there's a reminder that every part of my life Wherever I am, even when Jonathan is, you know, doing the hurting people in the name of healing, uh, healing people, hurting people, you know, you know, and there, in that place, he is being a witness of Christ Jesus. He may be opposed, but standing for what is right for God. He, and he, he, needs to, he doesn't need to, he will, he will open his mouth to tell people about who God is, what God has done in his life. That mission, as much as going out there. Going out there is reminding us this is where we are. We are all called to be witnesses wherever we are. Amen? I love that. Man, he got up and went back into the town. Love it. Now, almost, almost, almost done. I'm, I'm a few more verses. 
And after that, Paul, Paul and Barnabas comes back, retraces their way back, and goes back to Antioch of Syria and gave them missionary reports. And there, and the next thing, he stops on the way back. He meets, he stops by the places he, he already preached before, goes back. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, returned, returned to Lystra and Iconium, and he's tracing back to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in their faith. And what else they do? And saying, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. How? Through many tribulations, we are to enter the kingdom of God. Going through tribulations is part of entering the kingdom of God. Amen? Let me, a couple of uh, verses of Apostle Paul later talks about when he had these experiences. Let me read. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 and 12. He, Paul is talking to Timothy. Timothy, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. Uh, you see, Timothy was his disciple, his spiritual son. And he said, you have, seen, you have followed my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch. Remember Antioch? We looked at and Iconium and Lystra, which, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all, the Lord rescued me. He tells Peter, Timothy, you know all the sufferings I went through. Through them all, God rescued me. Look at what it says, next verse. Indeed, all who desire to live, have a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Who? All people. If you, are, if you are trying to follow God, if you want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, everyone will be persecuted. Okay? Almost done. Person, we are ready. And let me, another passage where Apostle Paul mentions, recounts what happened. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength, that we despaired life itself. It was so difficult, they even despaired life. I mean, the Bible, you know, Book of Acts doesn't explain that, but when they're going through, it was difficult for them. They despaired even to the point of giving up hope, losing hope in their life. But they still carried on. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But... That was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. There's a purpose beyond all the God allowing all this. That we will rely, we will trust in God, not on people, not on our abilities. He delivered us from every such deadly, deadly peril. He will deliver us. On him we have set our hope. I love the word hope. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. Because he even that, that difficult, he delivered us, delivered us from those things. He rescued us. Therefore, we know he will rescue us down the line as well. Following heart after God. Following heart after God. Our God is amazingly good. I'm, you know, and let us never forget, we serve the crucified Lord, who was also resurrected 
He's both crucified and resurrected Lord. Us, us, the, us the following after God, living in the spirit of God is always have to hold both in our hands. He suffered, but he also conquered. We will see sufferings because we want to follow God. But resurrections is promising God as well. It may be there, not now, but resurrection is promised. Resurrection is here as well as there, yes. But that both is important. God was reminding me. Could I have the uh, communion ushers come as well? Get ready. If you don't mind, it's a little too hot. I'm not going to put my gown on, okay? Okay? Yana saying, okay, Tim, you want me to put my gown on? Yeah, I will not put my gown on, okay? I will do what Pastor Mimi does. Uh, uh, I will cheat a little bit, okay? I'll just do this, all right? I'll just do this, all right? I am so amazed, timing of God. Today, Sunday, we commissioned our Serbian mission, Serbian Turkey mission team to go for. Not only did we celebrate death of our Lord Jesus Christ in communion. I'm reminded that following after God, what, what it means to follow after God, he said, if anybody wants to come after me, let him deny himself, his carries cross daily, and follow after me. That's our calling, to follow after him. Knowing that suffering is part of the deal. Okay? And through suffering, God is glorified in us as well. He's glorified when he has victories. He's glorified sometimes even more when you go through sufferings. I've been telling you, mentioning about my favorite past, one favorite Korean speak preacher, Reverend Kim Dong Ho Moksanim in Korea, Reverend Dong Ho Kim in Korea, who is having going through lung cancer. You know, and I'm one of his blog, he talked about how. You know, he said, it, you know, stupid thing. You know, he said, I will not ask stupid questions such as, why me, God? Because that's part of life. It's part of the deal. But one of the things he says, I know one thing. You know, wh whether God heals me, I will praise him, I'll give him glory. If, even if God doesn't heal me in this life, I'm going to live for him and give God glory anyhow. Amen. A amen. God get glory either way as we follow him in, in this way. Living in the spirit of God. Living in the tension of suffering and resurrection, both and end. Our God is God who is glorified. Amen. This morning before I came, I was rushing because I stopped by one of our friends' church. Freedom 61 had a launch service. I was there for an hour. But when I was, after one hour, they were just, they just finished pre singing. They want to start preaching. I left but in the middle of it. They're singing a song that I know, but I loved it. I raise a hallelujah. I love the song. I'm not saying you should sing, okay? I love the song. I just, let, me, let me see if I can. I love the words in there. I, I, I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a weapons is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heavens comes to fight for me. I'm gonna sing in the midst of the storm. 
louder and louder. You're going to hear my praise roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. The king is alive. I raise a hallelujah. With everything inside of me, I raise a hallelujah. I will watch the darkness flee. I raise a hallelujah in the midst of the mystery. I raise a hallelujah. Fear you lost your hold on me. I love the lines here. I'm going to sing. I, I, I raise a hallelujah in midst of the storm. Amen. If you think, if you've been somehow thought somewhere in you, if I follow God, if I'm led by the Spirit of God, things should be easy. I want you to know that's not biblical. Okay? Sometimes because you're led by the Spirit of God, following after God, you may see more troubles. If you get disappointed because you don't see victories all the time, I'm, I want us to let you know that's not biblical. God may want you to go have some defeats in your life. I said it. Sounds very heretical, right? But sometimes God lets you, allows you, even wants you to fail. Not, not that He make you fail, but you fail because whatever. He, does, he doesn't always save you. This, this is, I think this is what happened to John Mark. He grew up in a city, very comfortable, rich city boy. When he begins to follow that missionary journey, it was difficult walking on the, 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 the dry, barren road. was difficult. When he didn't see miracles, maybe see a lot of results, it was difficult for him. To go to the mountain range was difficult for him. He didn't want to go anymore. You see, boy raised in very comfortable situations to not know how to handle difficulties. Those who have suffered, those who have struggled, those who have known defeats, know how to walk through difficult times. Amen? Our God is God. Amazingly loving God. I raise up hallelujah. Following heart after God. Let's, can you bring, let's bring the communion table. I don't know where you are. You know, we are still a very small church. Sometimes I feel like, I, sometimes I fool myself that I know you well. But I realize I don't really know you that much. I really do not know you that much. But I wish I know you better. And But the thing is, I know the struggles that you may go through, the issues that you go through that I may not know. I may not understand. But I want you to know, our God is God who sees. Amen. God who sees us, even through our difficulties. Our God is God who suffered for us. I wish our God came and just never went to the cross and did it. We just waved their hand, everything worked out. I wish God can do that in our life. All your problems go away. When he, when, if he does that, God raised very weak, immature, self-centered, unproven sons and daughters who are not able. Our God loves us so. Today I raise up hallelujah. God, I want to follow you. 
with all of my heart. I want I follow you. I follow hard after you, God. Father, we want to be what you call us to be, fully, God. We embrace all that you have for us, God. We'll follow you. We listen to you, God. We obey and go and do and live, God, for your glory and honor. We'll raise up hallelujah in the midst of storm. We'll raise our voice louder and louder in, this, in, in the presence of our enemies. We declare your goodness, God. Lord, you are good. We love you. We love you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, amen. Let's, let's, let's sing a praise together.